June 27th, Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 22. Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had been expelled from Italy as a result of Claudius Caesar's order to deport all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. Each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue, trying to convince the Jews and Greeks alike. And after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul spent his full time preaching and testifying to the Jews, telling them, The Messiah you are looking for is Jesus. But when the Jews opposed him and insulted him, Paul shook the dust from his robe and said, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am innocent. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. After that, he stayed with Titius Justus, a Gentile who worshipped God and lived next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and all his household believed in the Lord. Many others in Corinth also became believers and were baptized. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid, speak out, don't be silent, for I am with you and no one will harm you because many people here in this city belong to me. So Paul stayed there for the next year and a half, teaching the word of God. But when Gallio became governor of Achaia, some Jews rose in concerted action against Paul and brought him before the governor for judgment. They accused Paul of, quote, persuading people to worship God in ways that are contrary to the law, end quote. But just as Paul started to make his defense, Gallio turned to Paul's accusers and said, Listen, you Jews, if this were a case involving some wrongdoing or a serious crime, I would be obliged to listen to you. But since it is merely a question of words and names and your Jewish laws, you take care of it. I refuse to judge such matters. And he drove them out of the courtroom. The mob had grabbed Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and had beaten him right there in the courtroom but Gallio paid no attention. Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that, and then said goodbye to the brothers and sisters, and sailed for the coast of Syria, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. Earlier, at Centuria, Paul had shaved his head according to Jewish custom, for he had taken a vow. When they arrived at the port of Ephesus, Paul left the others behind, but while he was there, he went to the synagogue to debate with the Jews. They asked him to stay longer, but he declined. So he left saying, I will come back later, God willing. Then he set sail from Ephesus. The next stop was at the port of Caesarea. From there he went up and visited the church at Jerusalem, and then went back to Antioch. The Sufferings of the Lengthy Path of Faith Jesus saw that how the way back to the Father was paved with temptations. At the heart of Christianity is this same life of temptation our Savior faced as the nature of the Son of God is lived out determinedly through us. When we grow spiritually, it's because the nature of the Son of God is being lived out in us. When God came in the flesh, the second Adam showed us what the life of God living in human flesh really looks like. 
Now, although Jesus' temptations are different from ours, the end result of what Christ worked out for us is the same of which God is working out in us. As the life of Christ is being worked out in every believer, the way we handle our temptations should reflect the likeness of the Son of God if the life of God is to follow in us. And you and I must likewise face the sufferings of the lengthy path of faith. We may not be able, because of where we are today, to hear and obey every word that God has spoken. But as we learn to face each temptation with absolute faith in the Word of God and by placing His will before our own, we will see the tempter flee. These will try our faith because although we have believed that Jesus is the Messiah, along with Jesus' apostles, we are not usually at first aware of the necessity of personal death. And like them, oftentimes our dreams are rejected. Our dreams are tried and crucified until dead. It is at these moments that Jesus exhorts us to pray that we might not so enter temptation as to be overcome by it and fall. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus said this to motivate them towards perseverance. He knew that they loved him But they needed to be on their guard, lest the weakness of human nature should be incapable to sustain them in the hour of their temptation. Are you one who is watching with Jesus? Or are you sleeping? Personal fleshly ambitions are always the cause of the temptations we face. Sin is not an option for the Christian. Because every time we choose sin, we choose to disobey God. And we place ourselves first, nullifying God's grace. Sin separates us from God. Jesus came to show us what being united with God looks like in human flesh. Personal ambition and a selfish will cannot produce the Son of God in us. Only a transfigured nature can. One that is willing to enter into the sufferings of Christ enters into oneness with God. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful Creator.